Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 7th. It was it is funny. six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Don't act like it wasn't funny. Somebody is fired up today. <laughs> Even you were laughing. <laughs> and you were the butt of the joke. You called me a boomer. <laughs> I am not a boomer, but even if I was, like that's what you're—that's how you're starting the morning with me. So uh, I had told Kev <laughs> this morning, our fabulous producer. I said, Kev, I was searching the building for you because the new Springsteen tour is taking place. There's all sorts of handheld videos, and there was one that had a great close-up on the mighty, mighty Max Weinberg, mm-hmm. drummer for the E Street Band. And so I went scouring the buildings. I know Kev loves Max Weinberg, part of the Conan O'Brien band for years. And then Casey just pops in, trying to be a part of the boys' club, and goes, Hey, you never responded to my text message that I sent I you. I sent him a video over the weekend. Yes. Yeah, you called me out in front of Rob, and it was very embarrassing. And, and it was like some U2 concert from 1987. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at Casey, and I said, No one cares about your youth, boomer. <laughs> That's not why I sent no, it to him. The video, we live in the here and now on this show. No, I sent it to him because it was a really cool video of when U2 was on top of a building in Los <laughs> Angeles in 1987, and they shut down traffic. Police were there. But the cool part about it was that the uh-huh. radio broadcast mm-hmm. was giving the play-by-play of what was going on. So I was trying to mentor Kevin about the old days of radio what, and they, how cool it sounded. They call that in on their rotary telephone. <laughs> here we well, go. I, I mean, the video <laughs> Sounds kind of cool, but I just didn't watch it because I thought you were sending me clips to get for the right. show audio. Right. So I just thought, I'm just going to wait until the morning mm-hmm. and she'll probably remind me to get uh, this. And, and what did you say? I didn't know you wanted to be friends outside of work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you saw me as a friend. He just he just seemed, the depression in his voice, oh God, we got to be friends outside of work. <laughs> oh. We don't. We don't have to be friends inside of work either. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're supposed to lead with like the stories of the day, and and we got a lot to get to. But I just, <laughs> I'll you, do a you great just, story. You just want to rip on me first. I see how it's going to go down. That's fine. Speaking of work, President Biden trying to take a victory lap after his decision to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon that spent at least a week over the U.S. Some of the lines in his State of the Union address that referenced China. They're undergoing edits following that spy balloon flight. And uh, the saga showed, yeah, we have a superpower rival for the first time. We're experiencing a tangible symbol of our national security challenge against Beijing. And that symbol, very low tech. It's a balloon. Yeah. So th- isn't this interesting, right, that our country allowed a, another country, which at the very least you would call them a rival. I mean, I think that's our would be a, a a public statement that you could make that China and America are rivals. Now it is much more than that, obviously, right? I mean, there is no doubt that China wants to become the world's most dominant superpower. They want to destroy America. They see America as their primary obstacle to becoming that. I mean, these are all things that we know, but publicly you're not going to say that because there are still economically vested mutual interest in some sort of coordination. But let's face it, China would have zero problem if they thought they could get away with it, wiping America off the map. The relationship we have with China is not 
one of mutual interest for the most part outside of economics like say a, you know a britain or uh, france or 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 or, or even to some extent saudi arabia because saudi arabia has a certain western a certain part of its society that is a certain Western appeal, a certain Western adaptation, etc. And so for you to allow a country that you know, the government knows, wants to wipe us off the map and would do it if they could get away with it, to allow a spy mission to work its way across the entire country mm-hmm. and do absolutely nothing about it, there is zero excuse for allowing that to happen, right? Especially when you realize that it first became, the public first became alerted about this in Montana, Casey. Yeah. So there's no people in Montana. There's huge swaths of Montana where there's absolutely nothing. The excuse of, well, we didn't want anyone to get injured. What, a a cow or a Mm -hmm. horse Mm -hmm. might have been collateral damage? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Okay. So the Pentagon claimed that shooting that balloon down could have endangered 2,000 people in Montana. How do they have a specific number? There aren't even 2,000 people in all of Montana, much less in the same area. Yeah, so this balloon measured about 20 stories high and twice that of the uh, Rockefeller Christmas tree, Uh which is big. And now they're saying it's got a payload that is similar to the size of a regional jetliner. What's in that payload? And now the Navy still using unmanned equipment to search for parts and pieces of it. Well, here's my other question, and I am by no means a military expert, but... We have the ability to track things before they come into the country, right? Like we track airspace before we come into the country. It's not like something just showed up on the western seaboard and we went, oh my gosh, this isn't like circa 1939 here, right? I mean, we have, we're supposed to have some of the most sophisticated air technology in the world. What If something is coming from freaking China, mm-hmm. why didn't we shoot it down long before it got anywhere near the continental United States? Well, and so there's this top aerospace defense commander who said that the threats have gone undetected by the Pentagon in the past. But then everybody from the Trump administration is saying no. That never happened. So Corinne Jean-Pierre had one of uh, her usual uh, endearing press conferences where we learned a lot yesterday, uh, and she (laughs) attempted to defend letting the balloon fly across the entire country. Shooting the balloon down over water wasn't just the safest option. It maximized the chance of recovering the payload, giving us a better chance to get information from the Chinese surveillance balloon payload. But I think the bottom line here, and this is something that we want to make very clear, is that, uh, uh, look, what China did was unacceptable. We protected civilians, and we gained more intel while protecting our own sensitive information. And so uh, I I laid that out so you have an understanding of how this past week went. And, you know, the president, as we all know, is not just the president. He's also the commander in chief. And his number one uh, priority is making sure that American lives are are protected and that we protect, uh, you know, uh, citizens in this country. But at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we were able to collect uh, some data, which we were able to do. And that's why we took that action. And the president, the president uh, made sure we took that action. So what? He was the commander in chief and he said on Wednesday, shoot it down. But then someone talked him out of that and said, no, we're going to let it fly across the entire country instead. Here, So here, here's my question to this. Let's say you're an uber wealthy person who could construct 
a balloon similar to what China did, right? That's not certainly out of the realm of possibility. I'm sure right here in Indiana, someone could cobble together the funds to do that and send it across the country. Would the American government allow a private citizen to send a balloon like that across the entire country and not shoot it down? I can almost guarantee you that if I tried to construct, if I had the funds cobbled together to do what China did, they would, one, not allow it to happen. If you said, I'm going to construct and fly a giant balloon across the country for mm-hmm. weather purposes, right, or whatever they said, there's no way they would allow it to happen, which again comes back to, Casey, the bigger concern here is that you have a president who we know, based on records and his kid's laptop, is totally or was totally in business cahoots with his kid who was totally compromised by who knows what, which means the dad was probably compromised by who knows what. And now you have balloons just flying across the country, which it now appears, as we expected, certainly had a spy component to them. Anybody else concerned about that? Not only did it have a spy component, it had a rudder and it had propellers on it. So, you know, you can't even fly professional grade drones across the country without having a specific license. Here, So here is another thing that should totally concern people. Cringe on Pierre gets asked, is this the first balloon that Biden has caught flying across U.S. <laughs> airspace? If the answer is no, Casey, the answer is, uh, or if the answer is yes, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, of course. Like we had not, she will not answer this question. And that should be very alarming to everyone. Um, is this the first Chinese balloon that the U.S. identified flying over U.S. airspace under this administration? Um, so what I can say is that um, we have talked about uh, the China's and uh, China's balloon program. Uh, we have um, uh, generally on this, uh, the Chinese surveillance balloons program uh, has been around for some time. We even uh, we even briefed Congress this past August. Uh, so I don't have any specific on any other balloon during this uh, during uh, during this president's administration okay (laughs) thanks for the non-answer so is this a situation where there have been ufos in the past and they just went back through history and said oh you know what that was a balloon that was a balloon during the trump administration they didn't classify them as balloons they were just unidentified but now we're going to go back and change it to say that they were balloons so because it happened during trump's administration too well, but the, they have not produced anything definitive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as I know, unless there was some breaking news this morning. And trust me, if there were something to get over on Trump, it would be thrown out to every news me- major media outlet in the country. We've got more cringe on Pierre. We don't have time to get to it right now, but more from this press conference and a lot more on the balloon stuff. Uh, because <laughs> this is like, again, it's it's the president being clearly open to being compromised based on his clear ties into his son who Mm -hmm. is very compromised and the balloon happening i mean all this stuff is what should be very concerning to people something else that concerns me casey and maybe we can get to this when we come back how much people are paying for super bowl ads yeah it's a lot and we'll uh, talk about it coming up from 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah! 
you. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Can I just say this is one of the coolest songs ever written? Rick it, Springfield. Yeah, it endeared me to Rick Springfield. This song, it was a moderate hit, I think a top 40 hit in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It was about how close his name, Rick Springfield, is to Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And they were both famous musicians in the 80s. And all these women who had no idea what was going on thought he was Bruce Springsteen. And so he would just go with it to hook up with these options. Yeah, and made some money off of it. Would you say that this is a song from your youth, Rob? No, because I am uh, not nearly as uh, <laughs> no, advanced. Don't. Just stop. Don't call me old. It was, as we say, before that's, that's my time. That's wisdom. And I, I like it for, uh, shall we call it, a historical purposes. I'm not sending it to Kevin going, I remember this in 1987. <laughs> Kevin would have probably <laughs> never known about this song had you not told him about it. I know. Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were talking about the U2 song. <laughs> but I, but, I, but I'm so, I was telling him about it because, it, it, like anything else in historical context, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing some boomer revisionist <laughs> living of my youth like you were trying to do with the U2 concert. No, no, that's oh not. my gosh, I had the Bono poster on my wall and the hair and the hat. Yeah, it was, I know. It was amazing. He was so cute. <laughs> Love you 2 Hey, trending this morning, we've got uh, Pepsi. They have a new flavor coming out. It's Pepsi Peeps. Yeah. That's a very saccharine, sugary, sweet version of I Pepsi. I saw these yesterday, and they look disgusting. There's little peeps on the can, and the cans are colored pink, yellow, and baby blue. By the way, can we talk about how expensive Pepsi has gotten? Is it? I went to the store last night, and I remember, like, pre-Biden, a two-liter of Pepsi, and I am a discount shopper, so I freely admit I shop at Walmart. So it's not like, well, you went to Whole Foods. No Mm -hmm. wonder it was so expensive. Not that they would have Pepsi at Whole Foods. But the point is, I'm not an upscale Kroger's shopper. I go to the (laughs) cheapest place possible. And Pepsi, for a long time, was like between a two-liter of Pepsi was between like a dollar and a dollar fifty. It is now two twenty-eight, Casey. Wow. What are you doing drinking Pepsi? For a two-liter... Well, I drink diet Pepsi. You Kev, need to drink water, which is how That's I've maintained free. this youthful, uh, youthful appearance all these years. <laughs> I've cut out all that sugar. I'm sure it's terrible for my brain, but the point. Is- <laughs> That's like seventy-eight cents more mm-hmm. if we take the high end of a dollar fifty. Over and it's everything. Everything is so much more expensive. Mm -hmm. Everything, Casey. Yes, that's what inflation will do to you. Also trending this morning is the sand from Tom Brady's retirement video. You remember last week we played that video of him retiring again, and he was sitting what looked to be on the beach. Yes. Somebody went to the exact spot where he was sitting to record that video, grabbed up the sand, Mm -hmm. and is now selling it on eBay. Mm -hmm. The highest bid so far... $100,000. How would you know? Well, you wouldn't. You just claim it, right? What, does he have a butt imprint where he was sitting? This is the exact spot? That can't be a legitimate bid. You know, they have those fake bids on eBay or people Mm -hmm. will drive the price up or whatever. There's no way. Somebody would pay $100,000. Even with all the stupid people with access to capital in our society, there's no way someone would pay $100,000 for that. Finally trending, Patrick Mahomes. He says that he will drink Coors Light out of Cooper Manning's cowboy boot if he wins the Super Bowl. 
I can let you borrow these boots. So I'm saying, I have a couple boots myself. Do you? I'm from Texas. I, have a few I know. Of. I was going to ask you. <laughs> what, what, are they, what are these made of? I don't even know. Uh, I have no idea. I'm not a boot expert, um, but I have some just in case I go to like a country concert or something like that. Would these work in Lubbock? Oh, 100%. I've seen probably that exact pair in Lubbock, <laughs> uh, actually. Yeah. Fill it up with cold beer, and the rest is, the rest is history. Yeah, cold Coors Light. That yeah, is, is that right? Yeah, okay, cold good. Coors Light, you know. That, that's about, I would say, probably about five of them. That's, that's, our, that's our Super Bowl post-Super Bowl plan. That's Super Bowl. If you bring that thing there, we get the win. I'll drink the beer out of the booth with you. So that that was Cooper Manning. Mm-hmm. That's the brother of Eli and Peyton. Yes. You know who Cooper Manning is? Cooper Manning is the uh, here in Indiana. Our equivalent is Greg Pence. <laughs> There's zero reason for him to be there. No applicable talent whatsoever. He just looks and sounds like the brother. Mm-hmm. In this case, brothers who had success. Cooper Manning and Greg Pence are the same. Are the exact same guy. Cashing in on the likeness, huh? Well, the big game is uh, this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles takes place on Sunday. Who are you rooting for? Well, I'm Team Nigel now since Nigel blew his life savings as he told us yesterday, on the Eagles in anger, in an anger response to Purdue losing the game. Nige put four bills down on the Eagles, mm-hmm. so I've got to be Team Eagles, because otherwise Nige is going to end up staying in my spare bedroom. <laughs> and so I think we've got to be invested in uh, in the Eagles. Okay. I'm going to root for the Kansas City Chiefs, sure. and it is strictly because of the uh, guy who went to Purdue. Which one? He He's the defensive guy. Boy, sports expert Casey Daniels, I'm rooting for the guy who went to Purdue. Which one? Uh, you know, the guy on the defense. Yeah. Uh, we, we, a little I, bit. Actually, I actually wrote an article about him on WIBC.com, if oh. you want to. You wrote an article about oh, no. him? You don't know his name? I wrote it a couple days ago. Uh, okay, so we a little bit later we'll get to what it costs to run an ad in the Super Bowl, but we got the news, and mm-hmm. then Micah's going to join us. We're going to ask Micah, are you actually declaring you're running for Congress today? All right, that's next on 93 WIBC. Time to go to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, joined by the conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, Victoria Sparks, she is out of everything in 2024. Would you like to declare you're running for Congress today? Uh, no, I would not. But we are we, we are giving it serious consideration. We're praying about it. You know, obviously we we had a great run in 2020 and and did really well. And and uh, we, you know, I think God just really increased my influence and and platform. And now I will say this: there's really nothing in me that wants to go to Washington and live in that swamp and you know fly back and forth every day. But if if the people of uh, you know the district. You know, so choose. I, I would go and serve and and do it humbly. But, but yeah, that that's uh, we're we're giving it we're giving it consideration. I feel like you can't sit on the sideline any longer. You have to do something. Everyone needs to be in that same boat. Figure out what you're doing and and uh, make a difference in the world. So, so what you're saying is there is something in you that wants to help out your fellow who's Oh, there's something in him, Casey. We just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I mean, it, again, I, I know God has given me a passion to make a difference and to go and speak truth. I mean, John 8.32 is very clear. They will know the truth and the truth will set them free, right? right? That's the, that is my goal right now is wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, let, teach people what the truth is, what God's truth is, and then freedom will come. And if I can do that in Indiana, I'm, I'm going to do it. If I can do it out in Washington, I'm going to do that as well. So, so again, just, you know, praying that the Lord would direct my steps and, you know, 
put me wherever I need to speak truth. Uh, yeah, because think about it. You probably start as the odds on favorite because you did very well last time considering you couldn't actually campaign, which was going to be the crux of your campaign because of COVID, because of all the, the grassroots people you would have had. You did very well anyway. Uh, and this time, Micah, you would have me in your corner, and you know how universally loved I am amongst Republicans. <laughs> hey, you know what? That is a good point. And I look back on my 2020 uh, campaign, Rob. Casey, you'll love this. This was before you moved down to Indianapolis. But the first time I met Rob, we met at a Qdoba, and he was wearing these, like, tattered, like, basketball shorts and a T-shirt. He looked like he just, like, got off the you – know, so was sleeping in his car. And, he probably uh, was. <laughs> By Broad I Ripple. Think, I, I mean, look how far Rob has come. He's like, wearing a jacket like, today, even. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I think, yes, Rob, to your point, we, we you and I together, how far we've come in two years, I think we could do uh, really well in 2022 so, and, and or 2024. It, well, here's the thing, Casey. In two years' time, I could have both Micah and Stutzman mm-hmm. in the U.S. Congress, which means I would have actual allies mm-hmm. in the nation's capital. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take over the Indiana delegation one congressional seat at a time. So, so Micah, are you looking for a sign? What What is it going to be? Like, what are, what, are, what are you waiting for? <laughs> well, I, okay, so, yeah, I mean, ah, I've, ah, I've, I've, ah, I've, ah, <laughs> I've I've asked like the Lord to just make it clear. Like I think I think a lot of it too depends on like okay who's going to get in my corner this time. There's a there's some big players that I'm I'm kind of like okay if they come to me and they say hey we really want you to run and and we'll get behind you. I think that's kind of a fleece, you know, like kind of um, you know that you know biblical kind of terminology, putting a fleece out and seeing what the Lord wants to wants you to do, and that that would be kind of a sign as well. But but I I can I can pretty much guarantee you guys this. I think in 2024. I'm going to be running. I just don't know exactly what office yet. I, I think God's made it clear to me, like, hey, you're going to be running. Just you, you like, I, follow my guidance, and I'll lead you in that in the right path. So, uh, Michael yeah. Beckwith is our guest. All right, let's talk about this big thing. See, this, this is why people love this show, to come on this show, Casey. Other than Jim Banks, he will not come on this show. But <laughs> other than Jim Banks, because he does not want to answer those questions about Kevin McCarthy. But other than Jim Banks, people love to come on this show because we produce results. So we got an email, Micah, about this. Uh, somebody who attended the biblical citizenship in a modern America class that you had at Life Church, and you posted the pictures last night. You came on last week and promoted the uh, the class and there was like nine million people there <laughs> well not, i don't know if nine million but we had over a hundred people it was a it was a big this is our small group season and so it's the largest small group i've ever seen at life church so and i think a lot of that's because people heard it on wibc and and uh and but it's a it's a great class it goes back to the founding this was week one um this last last night it goes back to the founding documents, to the, what our founders knew to be true. We, I mean, we, we went all the way back to Plymouth, like the pilgrims, what they knew to be true about who God was and what they were doing in this new land. And then we're going to build on that. We're going to learn the Constitution. We're going to learn um, the Declaration of Independence. We're going to learn how to be effective when you go and, and actually stand for truth and wherever God's leading you. And so that's, that's what it is. It's going to be every Monday night. If you miss this past week, you can still come. Just come next Monday at Life Church in the Noblesville campus, and, and uh, we'd love to have you. It's free. There's no charge. Um, we'll, we've got uh, workbooks for you and everything if, if, you, if you come on out. Well, yeah, so the, I get asked this all the time, because, and full disclosure, Life Church obviously sponsors this show, but you guys do delve a lot into the politics at the Life Church, and people are always saying, well, they can't be doing that. They're a church. Why do you do that? 
Dude, that's the misconception of the modern church in America. Most pastors have no clue what type of government we are in the United States. They don't know. They don't know how to steward the nation. It's all about stewardship. God gives you a family. He calls you to steward it in some way, shape, or form. God gives you a business, he calls you to steward it in some way, shape, or form. But for some reason, the church in America will not touch politics. And politics is just the business of the city. Um, You you know, Aristotle said politics is the highest form of community, because that's, and and it really is, It's, it's how we live together as a society. And for the life of me, I don't understand why pastors... We'll, we'll say, well, we don't want it to do any, we don't want to have any, in, like, no influence in politics. We're not going to speak on it. We're, gonna t- we're not going to touch politics. And I'm thinking to myself, do you not care how the community lives together? Do you not have a passion for making sure that people are, are respecting one another and, and good laws create good freedom? Like, do you not have any, do you not have any desire to see a society that's free? And they say, well, we're free spiritually. And that is the biggest load of crap because God is not just the spiritual God. He is the God of the physical, too, and he has freedom everywhere he goes. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we need to learn to take that into into government. And so some people say, well, you're 501c3. No, no, no. 501c3, you still have freedom of speech as a church. You can say whatever you want to say from the pulpit. And churches need to be educating their congregants on who to vote for, why to vote for, who the biblical candidates are. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about biblical. It's about who is standing for biblical truth. And pastors, we look to our pastors for leadership. Pastor, help us, teach us, guide us in this in this life issue that I'm having. And politics is one of the biggest life issues that we have in America right now, and pastors don't want to touch it. But at Life Church, we're the opposite. We dive headfirst in, and we tell our, our congregants, say, hey, this is what God's Word says. Here are the candidates that are upholding that, so go support them. Uh, Micah, back with us, our guest, Casey. Did you have something you'd like to add, contribute to uh, Micah's uh, uh, diatribe? No, diatribe's not the right word, because it was really good. It was really yeah. What's the word would be if you s- spoke at length, but you were spot on? Uh, so I don't know, soapbox. No, oh. because that also sounds like you just that are sounds going. negative. No, no, but as he as you were just talking. The, no, Michael. no, no. Before we do, we got to settle this. What is it if you speak for a long time but you were spot on? Uh, uh, um, um, uh, radio host. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Casey. I know when he was talking, I was just imagining him on the house floor. Yes, that's all. It, because you 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 have this uh, talent of getting people's attention, and you know speaking Here, like you said the truth. And here's uh, what we're gonna do on the house floor, Casey. If Micah and Stutzman are both in there, I'm gonna have them paint their faces like uh, a WWE tag team, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be their manager up there, and I'm going to always present them as my menacing forces spreading freedom and liberty across the globe before every uh, every house speech. What do you think, Beckwith? Oh, I love it. I'd be like. We're gonna step into a balanced, a balanced budget, brother. Come on. I can only imagine you being on the house floor, Micah, and then getting like a text from Rob. Oh no, no, and and not only that, Casey. I would probably read it into the official record yeah, uh, in that moment too. So just to and just here's to mess here's with the thing: if Marlon is in there and Micah, mm-hmm. I might not get one, but two post offices named after me. <laughs> That's right. So it really could be. Hey, so which, which press secretary job are you going to take? That's what I want to go. Mine or Marlon? So. I'm needed here, Micah. I'm needed here. Uh, okay, before we let you go, I spent another Sunday fighting on social media with Jim Lucas. Uh, he was practically foaming at the mouth over a bill presented by Jeff Thompson that would give me like a hundred dollars in property taxes back of the three or four hundred they're going to take from me. What is wrong with the Republicans? You know these people. A state rep is. 
spending his Sunday fighting with the radio broadcaster, gleeful over the fact that I'm only going to lose three or four hundred dollars instead of four or five hundred dollars. And this seems to be the universal thing from the Republicans. We'll give you as little back as possible and just ignore how much we actually took from you. These are your friends. Defend them. Well, first of all, both of y'all, what are you doing fighting on Sundays? You should be in church. I okay, was in so church. I- you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, in church, and I got out of church, and then there's just a cavalcade of tags and messages and everything else from this total weirdo Jim Lucas. What is going on with the property taxes? Well, listen, I've said this I've said this from, from the beginning of the session. Give them a chance to figure this out. I, I think you're right, though, Rob, in the sense that they this is a political grand slam if they just do it right. Like, come to the rescue of Hoosiers. They're hurting. We're drowning. The Biden economy is tanking us as, as just average Americans and average Hoosiers. Like, come to our rescue. Give us some relief. You have the authority and the power to do it. This would be a political grand slam if they just – come out and say this is what we're working on we're going to give you like above and beyond what what you were expecting to get and i think to your point a hundred dollars is not going to do much it's kind of it's just like you know throwing some pennies at us and say be quiet and shut up that's not going to work and so i i would say though just you know this is this is the process let's see what let's see what comes out of the house let's see what goes over to the senate and then let's keep pushing them and say guys this is a you need to make sure that you're you're taking the right steps here and again I don't know why they wouldn't, because if they want to just find great favor with the with the people of Indiana, this would be the way to do it right here. And I mean, I think it would cover a multitude of sins if they if they get this one right. Yeah, but don't you think that that small amount is just like an insult, really? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing. I would say like it needs to go above and beyond what we were expecting. And that if they if they think just throwing pennies at us is going to get us to you know be happy and shut up, that's that that would actually make it worse. And I think that's the problem with Republicans. A lot of times they, they, they make, they, they do something and they think it's going to make it good, but it actually makes it worse because of how pathetic of an attempt it is to do the right thing. And so, so again, and I, you know, I like Jim, I think Jim's a, a solid conservative fighter. I, but get in there, Jim and, and fight for more than what we're expecting. Give but, us, you know, save us. But the fighting with the radio guy on Sunday, and this is like multiple Sundays now this has happened, that's weird, right? Like, go spend time with your family. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can I'm a radio out, you know, guy, like, Micah. I don't have any power <laughs> over anyone. <laughs> yeah, Rob. This is this is the world that we live in. This is why you and Casey are so effective is because you guys have influence. People think that politicians are powerful. No, they're not powerful. They're only powerful if they know how to wield their influence. And that's why people like me and you and people who literally we're not in office, but people look to us. It's because we've learned how to influence the masses. And I think that's the key thing is wherever you are, if you're listening to the show right now, know that God has given you the ability to influence somebody and just grow your influence. Every day I pray the prayer of Jabez. I pray that God would increase my influence and he would increase my territory for his glory. And that's that. And I, and I think that's happening. So you have influence, Rob Casey, you got influence. That's why these politicians sometimes look at you and they're scared of you or they're mad at you. And I'm going to tell my wife that today. I'm going to say when she disagrees with me, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, it's going to be that way. Cause Micah said I have influence. I'm going to see how that goes over. Uh, and you know, my wife, so she, you can take her phone call. Uh, pastor hey. Mike. Wait, wait, wait. On that note, just so everyone knows, we have a marriage conference coming up at Life Church this Friday and Saturday. Rob, you should be there. Bring your wife. Everyone bring this to their spouses. Uh, Pastor Micah Beckwith, thank you, my friend. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll see you. So, by the way, I think maybe the word we were thinking of, Rob, is sermonize, teaching. 
What is it? Homily. Any of those work for you? Well, whatever. I mean, you're the you're looking at the definitions here. Yeah. I was just looking for a word when you speak for a long time, but all the words were really good. Yeah. Preaching. Perfect. Yeah. And that's good for Micah. Yeah, Preaching. exactly. Preaching. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. A 50 years they've been married. But they can't wait for the Oh, Kev. Oh, just you want me to keep talking? <laughs> Good morning. It's 952. No, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Indiana Pacers plan a blue Why and white team. Why are you so angry today? <laughs> You're just ripping on me. No. I just I just was. I thought maybe you were going to take this because you love Hendrix. I, I know. thought you were going to say something else about well, it. Well, I was. The point is, in my history of Jimi Hendrix class, I took at IUPY, yeah. which I got 104% on. Of course. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, I didn't even have to take the final. My score was so high, I didn't even have to take the final in the history of Jimi Hendrix class. You're a genius. Which, by the way, they give you a 400-level credit, or at least they did. For do, you, do you recall anything you learned from the class? Uh, that I love this song, which is the best <laughs> Jimi Hendrix uh, song, 51st Anniversary. Isn't that the name yep, The name, name of the, uh, the song? And I, the thing I remember about the class was the professor, the first day of class, they still had blackboards back then, Mm -hmm. wrote on the blackboard how to spell Jimi Hendrix. And he is like, if you misspell this guy's name, that is the fastest way to fail this class. (laughs) You can find that song on our Spotify playlist. Just search out Kendall and Casey and it will be there. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on with the Indiana Pacers. They plan a blue and white themed University of Kentucky hat promotion. And some of the fans not so happy about it. They tweeted out on Monday, blue and white, this is your night. Join us at GameBridge on Friday for our first ever University of Kentucky hat night. So this is this is uh, the tenth, which is is that Friday? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So y- you go to the game and you get a souvenir, like often happens, and it's a hat. It's mm-hmm. a Pacers hat, mm-hmm. but it has a giant University of Kentucky logo on the side. Yeah. Why would you do this? There's like ten billion schools in Indiana, <laughs> and you're choosing a school that is not even in the state in which your professional basketball team resides. Yeah, you're right. So how ev- offensive? I mean, not like offensive, like I mean, first world problem offensive, but still, how offensive? Every ticket does include the co-branded hat, and tickets are twenty nine dollars. They're available through the Pacers website, but they do have other nights. They're going to host Ball State Hat Night on February fifteenth, IUPUI Hat Night on March twenty ninth, and Indiana Hat Night on April 5th. What was Ivy Tech hat night already taken? Yeah, what about Notre Dame? What about Vincennes? What about... What about Indiana Wesleyan! There you go. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to take a news break and Rob's going to go get an attitude adjustment. <laughs> By force. Let me go.